Welcome to NFT for Two, a conversation with creatives. I'm your host, Lisa Lotito. I'm an art director and designer. After each episode, the crypto artist, Aegean, will make two NFTs. The first will be a quote from the episode. The second will be an abstract work of art. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. Today, I interview Emily Drinker, an award-winning singer-songwriter from Philadelphia. She has been featured by NPR Music and played at Firefly Music Festival, as well as toured around the US and internationally. Emily specializes in vocal looping and blends folk, soul, and pop with three-part harmonies in her band. She just released a new album, Starting to Feel, as well as open for Pat Benatar. at the Philly Folk Fest on the main stage on Sunday, August 21st at 2 p.m. I start by asking Emily about the latest song she's been working on called Something's Coming. The song ended up being about writing songs. And for me, I have noticed I have to sort of like coax some creativity out of myself and like letting myself get to that place where I can just like let go and write new things takes a lot. Most of the energy is spent like (laughs) avoiding that place, even though that's like my happy place. It's kind of bizarre that I would fill my days sort of running around and not doing that thing that I love the most. But oftentimes it's been like a late at night endeavor. Maybe if I drank too much coffee, which I don't really drink and it really messes me up. So that's sort of the inspiration. Um, Staying up late, allowing myself to give in to creativity and letting it flow. What do you feel like you need to to be creative or what do you need to do for yourself to give mm. in? I do need some unstructured alone time, which I don't really have as much because I live with my partner and I live with another housemate and also excuses <laughs> that I make like I can't do it but I think about some of the best songs I've written and I was living not alone I always had roommates but I was just in my room alone and kind of let myself be bored that's one of the lines in the song let yourself be bored girl <laughs> which my band loves to make fun of because they call me girl <laughs> and they say it just like that girl so uh yeah just that alone time where I can just sort of mess around with things and, and just play. It's like, it's playtime. And that is like a sacred time. Sitting at my desk alone, usually at night, like I said, with my keyboard out, with my microphone set up, or not, or just a voice memo. And so that's that's really ideal, but... I also now as I'm, you know, getting more into my career, you can't bank on that time. Like there's other stuff going on and other obligations. So I'm starting to think it would be good to have like a daily 
practice where it's like, okay, this is songwriting time, even if it's like 10 minutes, like write a jingle a day, because people have such mixed ideas about this, like, you can't force it, creativity, and it's like, well, yeah, you can, I mean, if it's not a bad idea, it's like a muscle that you have to, to work, and like, I was taking a songwriting course, like, last year, and part of this year, too, and every week we had to come up with a new song, and it was, we were given a prompt, and I loved doing that, because... I work well under pressure and like yeah. I would write right before the class, like 10 minutes before class, I would be like, oh, I got to write it. And I want to come up with some great stuff. And like, so you can force it. And like, I, I think that that would benefit me more actually at this point. Like I'm not 22 years old. I'm not just like chilling at my apartment in Brooklyn, like writing songs. I need to schedule it maybe. And I think that can work too. I, um, I remember one time I was, talking to this drummer this was early on I guess I was 21 it was my first job out of college I was working for an online music education startup and uh, one of the first things I had to do you know because I was I was the lowly person right so I had to pick up this guy and kind of show him around the studio make sure he's comfortable and um, I was driving him to the place where he had to stay where while he was going to be there and recording and stuff and I remember um, you know asking him well how do you get inspired and you know and he said uh well, you have to create inspiration. It's not something that just happens. Maybe early on when you're first right. enamored with something and you are you think, oh, it's so cool to hear this music. How amazing would it be to write it? And then so you kind of get inspired by that. But he's like, no, no, inspiration, that kind of inspiration only carries you when you're on the J curve. But once you get to the S part of the curve, right, where you're really, the, the mastery is, is, is really incremental, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it's all about, you create, it. you create it, you create the inspiration. And I didn't really understand that always kind of baffled me. Like, well, how, how do you create inspiration? How are you, how are you going to do that? But it's, um, it's funny that you're, you're talking about just letting yourself, uh, play because I feel like there's all this pressure. Like when I first thought of create the inspiration, it seemed like a, a pressurized thing to say mm. because, okay, I need to all of a sudden come up with this thing that used to come to me just haphazardly and spontaneously and so how how am I going to make that but you're saying okay it doesn't really matter what comes out of this time of sitting down Mm -hmm. it's about the act of just making the time to sit down and Mm -hmm. not really judging yeah like the input versus the output because I feel like as creatives our expectations of ourselves are so high but also like the 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 upfront amount of investment is also enormous and so we expect that we we want some output from that you know it's like damn it I put so much into it when am I going to get out of it you know what I want out of it that is so true no I I need to let myself be more unstructured and bored because our lives are so insane and like yeah that doesn't lend itself for me to inspiration like when I'm running around hustling like I feel so drained so yeah it it can be furious into the night and it can get to that point of like once you start to land on something but the yeah. initial for me is letting myself chill and then, oh, what what's happening? I'm, my, my hands are kind of just playing around on the keys. That sounds cool. That's not to say sometimes inspiration does drop out of the sky. It like, does sometimes. Sometimes yeah. songs will just come to me when I'm driving or any anywhere. But you can't bank on that, I think, if you're doing this like for your life. Um, so I really loved like the course that I did where we had to follow a prompt every week because then it took away that mystery of like, when is it going to strike? Right. It was just like, here's an idea. Here's a prompt. You can do whatever you want. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. It's just about 
you have to come up with something. You have to come to class with something. And it, what cracks me up too in the class, every time without fail, we go around the room. It's on Zoom, but, you know, everyone takes turns sharing what they came up with for the week. Every time everyone's like, well, you know, it's not done yet. I'm still got to figure this one part out. And it's like, yeah, no shit. None of us are done. We all do. That's <laughs> fine. Everyone like has a caveat like, well, it's not done and I have to rework this section. Yeah. And I'm not sure if this is working. We're like, yeah, that's why you're sharing it with us. And we're going to like workshop it together or like right. give you some feedback. Um, just how precious artists are like, oh, I'm not finished. It's like, we, I know it's fine. It's hard though, because when, when we show work to people, we want it to have gone through the process of refinement. We, we want some kind of we need to get private that. self, right? Like we, we want a private self and then we want the public self. And when, when you feel like the private self is being forced to be public before it's ready, yeah, you get, that's how you, you get learn and grow. Like, it's true. If you're the kind of person who is going to do like a songwriting course like that, you have to get over it because you're like, it's not going to be polished. You only have one week. And <laughs> some of the prompts are really wacky. Like we have to do a surrealist song and like it wasn't supposed to make any sense. Like it was supposed to be very out there and like we had to write a song with no pronouns at all. Um, that was hard. Cause most songs I write are in the first person. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, finding ways to work around that. I think when you have exercises like that, that force you to stretch yourself, you are able to, have those moments of spontaneous inspiration more because you're forcing yourself to be outside of your habit of the way that you see things. I remember I was watching this brand video one time where they took this guy through a tour of the city and they asked him to draw something and then they were able to predict what he drew. And it's because they had done the same exact tour and they had put these subliminal prompts from what he was seeing right before he walked into the room. Wow. So your environment is super important in, in what you make, but it also goes to show that if you have a habit of thinking about things or you see the same things all the time, then your output becomes very similar. So I, mm. there was also something That's that your, your, your brother taught me, the circle game. Have you talked with him about the circle? Okay. Mm. I, when I was trying to come up with some ideas for different brand campaigns, he asked me about the circle game, which is where you try to come up with different objects that could be circles. So eyes and bicycles and pizzas. And you try to do at least 25. Ooh. And it gets, you know, you kind of get five or six, 10, 12. Easily. But it, easily. But then, but then like, it gets a little harder. But you can do the circle game with anything. You can do it with a word or a name or shadows on the wall. The shadows can look like trees or neurons or flight paths. Or, so it's I've been trying to play that game. Cool. If I'm just falling asleep and I see the shadows, okay, well, what does that one look like? You know, it's it's childlike games, but it helps to, to make things. Like you yeah. were saying, with surrealist or without pronouns. You need it, new ideas. You yeah, need new. Yeah. Because you're right. Otherwise, it could just... You kind of could get stuck. Variations on a theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which isn't wrong. Like, I think about bands and a lot of famous artists that people love. And, like, on one hand, you want the songs to sound. You want to have a sound, right? But you don't want every song to sound the same. Right. So it's really tough to get that balance of, like, I want people to understand my sound. I don't want them to be confused and be like, well, which sometimes I worry they are because I do, like, music that is so different from one to the other. Like, I love all kinds of music, so like I have this dance pop song that's like kind of electronic, but then I have like folky acoustic ukulele mm -hmm. song, and it's like, is that confusing to people? I'm still working on it, so <laughs> I don't know. But 
yeah, just finding that balance of like, you want your work to be cohesive and make sense, but you don't want it to like end up just being regurgitating the same theme over and over. So I like that. I like the circle game. Yeah, it's really fun. I, well, so your, your brother's a filmmaker, and so he was saying that it's helpful when he's trying to think of different scenes yeah. or ways of ways of filming people or depth yeah. of field or things like that. That reminded me of in college, I took this course. It was kind of an intro course about jazz. Um, it wasn't a music-making class. It was more history and, and that kind of thing. But our teacher was a jazz trombone player who lived in New York and played out at all the clubs there and he was awesome and he our homework like the whole semester we had readings and other homework but our homework was always to like walk home a different way um which is just kind of a similar to that idea totally i'm just like don't go home the same way there's you're in new york there's a million different streets you could go down you might take go way out of your way every time just don't get stuck in the same route which is like so valuable for your life you know maybe that also contributes to why you have different sounds because you have many different interests you've had varying experiences Mm -hmm. your musical influencer influences are wide Mm -hmm. and and deep so well you're you're the expert on how to put together an album but i i when as a listener i always think that different sound aesthetics are okay if the emotional tone is kind of similar Mm. So, but, but again, there are different ways of organizing an album. So how do you organize an album? You, you are releasing one. Yeah. You're releasing one. That's soon. such a good question. Cause I don't think I focus on that enough, but I w- was just talking to, to Will about this to my brother and he was, we were talking about one song in particular from the album and he was like, Oh, this is a theme in the whole album kind of. I was saying coming of age. He was like, that's cliched. <laughs> I was trying He's to, very, yeah, yeah, he'll call you out. Well, that. I sent him a piece of writing because I was trying to do a, a pitch, like give a little summary of one of the songs to try to get it on some playlists and was having him edit what I wrote. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's cl- all these cliches. Um, coming of age, wearing my heart on my sleeve. He was like, that's two cliches in a row. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, a lot of the songs are from that place of, like, learning about yourself, figuring things out in relationships, learning how to trust yourself, having a lot of questions and uncertainties in relationship. And that's a big theme. And, and like you said, though, like, the songs are very different. Like, there's kind of a dark, jazzy, spooky song that's, yeah. like... I wonder if that one connects, actually. But yeah, most of them have a, a more of an emotional theme throughout, as opposed to like a, a sonic theme. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. But I don't. In terms of like building the album, I don't feel it was all that intentional, to be honest, because I kind of just had this batch of songs that were ready to go that my band had already been playing for a few like a few years, honestly, and like the arrangements were already tight, mm-hmm. and we kind of went into the studio just trying to do something practical, like these are already ready to record, let's do it. Thankfully, they do all kind of complement one another and they work together as a collection. So, But I didn't set out to write it as like a concept or something. It wasn't like, this is this whole album, these are all connected in some deep way. It's just like a group of songs that I've written. 
through different the last like 10 years like some of them are 10 years old some mm-hmm. of the songs are are newer than that but yeah they all touch on some more kind of emotional relationshipy figuring yourself out themes and it took me forever to like figure out the order of the songs though and like I had a version I a list that I liked and then I sent it to the band and then they had some input and then I kind of switched things around and it's hard cuz like that required listening through to the songs in order in different orders and I don't particularly want to like just listen to myself I mean I'm proud of the music and I I really enjoy the songs but I've heard them a lot at this point so it's like oh, I don't have to listen to it again um so that was like that was a funny part of it but once you get to that point it's it's exciting you're like all right this is the last one of the last steps for me at least like choosing the the, the track lists listing and getting all the details together and then there's like whole other elements that I'm so usually lost on and like that's where you've been so helpful it's like more visual um elements that are really crucial but just aren't what I they're not as front of mind of course for me like when I'm creating which is not the case for every artist like there's some amazing songwriters who are like really good at all the visual stuff and that's just as important to them and like huge part of their process which I think is cool but for me it's always like oh shit I should like design something oh I don't know how to do that Lisa help me (laughs) do you want to talk about the picture that you chose and and sure and why you feel it matches with the the group of songs and and what you want what you wanted that photo to convey when people picked up your album yeah well First of all, it's just a really beautiful, badass photo of my my grandmother when she was young, when she was like a young adult, and she just looks amazing. It's a photo that I stumbled upon when she died a few years ago and just stuck out to me, and I took a quick cell phone photo of it and just thought, man, that would be a great album cover. And this... The songs aren't about her, but when I was thinking about connecting it to this music, I thought of like some stories she told me when she was younger. When I was young, when I was in high school, I did a little paper about her in high school, in school. I forget what class it was. And she shared all this stuff about like when she was a teenager and she was really interested in Catholicism for whatever reason. That wasn't the religious tradition she was raised in she I think she was like Lutheran or something and she didn't connect with it at all and she had this other interest and passion for Catholicism and she took all these steps to convert and that's what she did and like she wasn't really understood at the time and she was like in high school when she did that and I don't think most like high school girls are just like converting to a different religion in like you know this would have been in you know, the 40s or the... She was born in 1927, so... Wherever that would leave her. Yeah, in, like, the 40s. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm reminded of that, just how she kind of... She had a lot of her own deep questioning and soul-searching kind of thing going on. And I really admired that about her. And then she <laughs> ended up marrying a Jewish man which was also really misunderstood at the time too. And I always thought that was really badass that they pursued that love, even though that was not 
so typical then. And they had to get married in like the basement of the rectory or something. And it was very hush hush. Um, but yeah, all of that to say, a lot of these songs are from like a younger part of my life, figuring out things. And that's one way that I'm like kind of connecting it all back to that photo of just like, she had to do that too. You know, she was thinking about it. Maybe I'm only thinking of that in terms of her religious searching, um, because that's what she's shared with me, but I'm sure she had the same sort of relationship struggles that I did or questions about, about, you know, shitty guys. <laughs> Who knows? She didn't have okay Cupid. One of the songs <laughs> about an okay Cupid relationship. <laughs> um, but really it's just a beautiful photo and I hope it, it stands out to people and they kind of, it's fun looking at old pictures and trying to like imagine what their life, whoever in the photo, like what their life was like and letting yourself go on a little like journey through time. And I don't know. I remember looking at that photo for the first time and noting that she was looking directly at you, but the shadow of her was a side profile, which could have been your profile. (gasps) That part is trippy. And so there's this connection between, you know, her spirit, her spirit Mm. and, and what you're conveying through the songs. And there's also this window there. I love that. Which asks, what are we seeing? And you know, what's just beyond the window. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot you can draw from that photo. I think it's beautiful. And how about choosing the title of the album? Mm. So why did you choose starting to feel as the title song and, and the album? Well, yeah, that's one of the songs on the album, and that's just kind of the song. I don't know. That's just the one that's like, seems to be the one that people really gravitate towards and and feel, and I kind of like the mysteriousness of that, like starting to feel what? (laughs) Um, The listener will have to figure that out for themselves, but... For me, I think connecting back to that whole coming of age idea, it's like starting to feel myself, trying, starting to understand myself more as a, as a person. Um, it sounds corny, but yeah, then, I don't know if that makes any sense. Can you talk a little bit about the song starting to feel? Yeah. I know you said that there's some mystery to it, so I won't ask you to divulge all the mystery, but just give a little, yeah, a little song, description. Everyone thinks it's like a love song which, sure, they can have that if they want it to be a nice love song to listen to. But it's more about uh, kind of a mismatched relationship. You know, I was starting to feel something for somebody. I had some feelings that were not... that I don't think they really... They might have felt, but they weren't able to sort out all that at that moment with me and um I mean it does kind of come off as more of a love song but it's more prodding that person like come on like just get real let yourself feel something for me like we're doing this thing it was you know more of a hookup relationship that I had years ago and um it's kind of me talking to that person like won't you stay the night won't you like give in to some emotion and not be a robot and it doesn't mean that we're 
in love. It doesn't mean that, like, it doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean anything. It can just be what it is. We can be here now. And um, that's what it means to me. But the beauty about songs, it's like, as time goes on and it can mean anything, it can change so much. So I think I'll keep singing that song and it will mean something different each time. So. And did you feel like the, uh, the nature of trying to figure out what the relationship was, was the reason that you chose it as the title of the album? Because you're, mm. you're trying to figure out what all of the different situations that you write about mean? Or mm. were there some situations that were more immediately understandable in terms of the songs that you wrote and others that were more hazy? The meaning of everything could be hazy, like from day to day. Like I could flip-flop on what the songs mean to me, but just I love that phrase. It's, I'm starting to feel myself. Like, I, I think it's thematic of my last, like, 10 years of working on, on myself, like, doing the work to try to be, like, self-actualized and, and keep being as curious as I can be about my own self and my life. So, starting to feel myself. <laughs> <laughs> do you um when, when you were writing all these songs was the process similar or was it different for each of them so did some for some of the songs did the lyrics come first and the music mm. came later or is it pretty routinized for you in terms of how you construct things I don't know it's it is talk about mystery it's very mysterious like sometimes it'll just they'll come out at the same time the lyrics and the music um I think that is usually the case actually Okay. Sometimes it's mumbled, like jumbled words, that are, like kind of gibberish, and then you kind of start to make up words. But it happens like very quickly, so I don't, I don't definitely don't write just one or the other first. I don't think I write the music first ever. Um, yeah, they they come together. They that's why. Yeah, but no, I mean I definitely will have an idea straight away that'll just kind of like fall out. <laughs> For maybe like one core line, which mm-hmm. could be the chorus usually, and then I'll kind of scratch my head and be like, "Oh crap, I have to write more." And like I usually tap out. I'm like, "All right, I did the verse and the chorus. I'm good." And then it's like I'm just gonna repeat the first verse again, change a couple words, and I do that. And I don't, I don't, because I, I think workshopping is so important. But I also think if it's I like to preserve it in that moment in time sometimes too. Like if that song, if I let it fall out and it feels complete, I don't want to like work it too Right, hard. totally, totally. So it's, it's totally. tough. It's like, because a lot of songwriters are all about like editing and, and, but I just, I'm someone who has a hard time letting go of things. So like if I did that, I would never publish these songs. Right. So some of them are like what I think are a little lazy in terms of like I could have added a bridge or I could have changed some words around and like spent more effort doing that but it's like it is what it is this is how the song came to me I'm not gonna like question it too much and yeah there's some beauty to that too you know definitely I see both sides but a lot of these songs since they some of them are older I kind of let them fall out and here they are and that can be a little bit embarrassing in some ways because some of the lyrics are so much younger and so trying to just reconcile that with like who I am now like maybe some of them don't quite connect as much. So the hope is that there's enough 
nuance and like symbolism or what have you in the lyrics to connect it to any anyone anyone's experience but when I hear them like I am some of them like one arm hug is one song that's like a very specific moment in time with like you know from 10 years ago and it's like hard for me to really not think of that one moment in terms of um songwriting when you're talking about things falling out this reminds me of the you know, the Greek concept of muses, like they come to visit, mm-hmm. you know, and then if they, if you don't listen to right. them, they choose somebody else if you're not the one who's, who's listening. So yes. totally. I love that. I love that too. So I was wondering when, um, when you wrote your first song, if you remember that and what your first song was about. Ooh, yes. So first song was called Cloudy and it was on my first EP, but yeah, it's around the same time as some of the other songs that are on this new album college age me like cloudy I think I was 20 I wrote it on my ukulele which was my instrument of choice at the time and what I used to like make friends at college like I sat in the hallway with my ukulele and like people would walk by and I would use it as a way to like just chat it up with people but anyway that one yeah I was in love with this dude I actually ended up dating him after college which was really funny um because when I wrote the song I had no, I didn't think I had any chance with him. Um, But yeah, it was sort of a cutesy love song about like being distracted. Like when you're, when you are into somebody and you can't really see straight, that sort of feeling. It was cutesy. Like I literally used the word antihistamine. I don't know if anyone's used that in a song before, except me. That's my favorite thing about that song. And I, I love saying antihistamine to myself when I'm walking with my headphones in and people just look what? at me. It's what? great. Yeah. yeah. I just think I was sort of, that was just goofy, but I wanted to like, all right, the origin of that lyric is, you know the commercial, there was a commercial years ago for Claritin. Of course I know and a commercial like for Claritin. Claritin. And they pull the thing away. They pull away the thing away and it's clear. clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. You know, I have allergies. I was actually just thinking about it yesterday because I was taking an antihistamine and I like don't really take them usually. And I was like, oh, these allergies right now are killing me. Yeah. And, um, you know. And allergies. It doesn't matter if I take yeah. my antihistamine. It, it's just about like all the things you think would help. Like I slept enough. I took my allergy meds. Like I'm still all crazy and everything is like blurry and I can't get my shit together because I just am thinking about this person. Yeah, it was kind of a cutesy, that was the theme, cutesy way of describing that feeling, being cloudy. Um, yeah, I still, I, I like that song, but it's it feels so old to me. And it's not, it's not like everyone has heard it, you know, I'm still very young in my career and, and still trying to get established. So it's a little bit, arrogant to be like well I can't play that anymore like I'm done I'm retiring that track it's like no (laughs) if if people like it sure of course I'll I'll still play it but yeah it's it's funny singing old songs so the songs and the the lyrics and the music came to you at the same time oh for that that one Like, were you like, I'm going to write a song? Or were you just walking down the street in New York and you were like, shit, 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 i got to go back to my apartment and put it down before I forget it? No, I think I was setting out to write a song. Okay, okay. Because I remember it was like summer, I was staying on campus at Barnard where I went to school. And I was in my apartment 
in the dorm and um I didn't know a lot of music theory even though I was I did study that <laughs> I just like really had an aversion to it and I wanted to be like Joni Mitchell and come up with like weird chords and not know what they were called though and like so I was really just messing around with the ukulele a lot at that time and like making up different shapes with my fingers on the strings and just kind of finding things that sounded cool like the more dissonant and crunchy it was the more I liked it and like I was just making shit up and I think I was setting out to make up a progression and I landed on that and I was like oh I wrote a song and but I, I wish I remembered more specifics of that like how the lyrics came about I mean I definitely like walked by this dude like on the sidewalk and was like oh I can't I can't <laughs> what do I do uh. um but I don't remember like I just remember being on my bed and with the ukulele and like messing around and coming up with with that song, which is what you're talking about in your latest song, just being in your bedroom, just being exactly. That's the spot. Um, thanks for coming by. Yes, thanks for chatting. Thank you. Everybody, listen to "Starting to Feel." It's Thank bomb. You so much. Thank All right. <laughs> from this episode, visit us at nftfortwo.xyz. That's nftfortwo.xyz. Thanks for listening, and until next time.